What up artists? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity and you know maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Anthony Grant. So Anthony, what is it that you do? Uh, thanks for having me, Dwayne. Um, so by day, I'm a, I'm a visual designer for a mobile banking product uh, called Branch International. And uh, by night, I, I do my own side design projects and or create my own art, um, as well as also parenting as well. <laughs> <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, just one, one daughter. She's eight years old, and she's um, she she's amazing. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, it's a uh, it's a journey trying to juggle all of that stuff. I have two daughters, so oh man, wow. Yeah, well, you're you're doubly blessed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, just like making the supper right before I I hopped on this call. So. Oh, that- Oh, that's right. I for, I forgot about the time difference too. What 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 part? I forget what part of Canada you're in. I'm in Halifax. So that's time wise, it's an hour in front of New York. Yeah, I see. Okay. Wow. Wow. I, yeah. Sadly, I've um I've never been to Canada, and I've been listening to to your show, and you know just hearing that you know a lot of your a lot of your um the subjects on your show like you know they're they're either in Canada or from there or going to college and like I've also seen like so many beautiful images of Canada I'm just like oh man I I gotta get up there (laughs) yeah yeah I just got back from the woods and like stuff I saw was crazy I saw some moose I saw bears eagles all kinds of crazy mountains and things so yeah it's it's a beautiful country i'm I'm actually from bermuda originally but right. um yeah so it was it was kind of nice to to discover that side of of this planet so mm-hmm. cool yeah where are you based actually yeah so i i live in a town called el cerrito which is just uh about 11 or 12 miles away from san francisco in california oh okay okay yes yeah, so the east bay is um is what they what they call it yeah and that's that's actually a place i've yet to to get out to the closest i got was i think i did a stopover at i think it might have been in san francisco one one time i was traveling that's Mm -hmm. it and then i went to vegas and we were like i was like i'd be cool to to go to cali but not gonna happen yeah Um, (laughs) oh man yeah you gotta gotta get out here it's 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 quite beautiful how are you uh, coping with the COVID stuff? Um, it's it's been, I mean, it's been it's been good. I, I'm you know I'm thankful for the situation that you know myself and my family has. Um, you know, my wife and I were able to seamlessly be able to start working from home. Um, you know, our our daughter, you know, did did the homeschooling, and you know, the teachers. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how. I don't know how they do their job, you know, when kids are in class, but man, like having to switch over to all of a sudden become like tech support and a teacher 
in a matter of weeks was was just amazing to see. And I mean, I, uh, the her teacher did a fantastic job, you know, still trying to keep the class engaged, um, you know, keep the kids interested in learning. And, you know, it, it was as, as successful as it, as it could have possibly been. I, I would have never imagined the transition to be that seamless. So hats off to, to you know, our, our teacher, um, Mr. Dean, I'll give him a shout out. Um, but to teachers all over that had to like go through that my, my hats go off to them. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just like, I can hear all, can you hear all the stomping and screaming in the background? No, and, and uh, no, I don't. Okay. I was just like, yo, my kids are, are going off right now. Um. <laughs> my, mine is at camp right now. Um, that's why I actually have a quiet moment to do this. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, on that note, it's, it's crazy the transition it's just like and we we just got the announcement that schools are going to go back in in september so that's like they're actually going to be in the schools so oh, wow. wow yeah how are we going to make that work from a safety standpoint and it's my wife's looking at it from the educator side and mm -hmm. she's like the kids are gonna gonna be a little restless to say yeah. the least after this yeah. change so it's it's gonna be interesting yeah i yeah we, we haven't we haven't gotten word out here yet as to as to what's going to happen but our guess based on just some rumblings that we're hearing is that it's going to be online um to start um which in all honesty i i i think that makes the most sense given mm -hmm. how we've seen things kind of We've seen the you know quote unquote curve um, get flattened and then rise again as you know things started to like lightly reopen. So yeah. I'd be in favor of you know doing it online. I mean, as as painful as that might be, yeah. um, I, I think it's necessary if we want to you know keep everybody safe. I agree. I think with us, we kind of got a little bit complacent because I think we're on like day fourteen with no cases in, mm -hmm. in this province. Mm -hmm. So like everyone's like, hey, pandemic's over, and the <laughs> government kind of like is starting to say, hey, let's you know loosen this and loosen that. So right. it's like then there's people like me who are like, bring on wave two, right? Uh, so yep. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. So did you grow up in in the San Francisco area? No, um, I I grew up in. In New York, um, I lived there for the first 15 years of my life, um, and then my parents um, we we moved to uh, to Florida, um, and then I lived there for about nine years, almost 10 years, and then um, and this was like right after I graduated college. I kind of like stayed there for another three years. Um, and then once I started like, you know, trying to get my foothold in, in the, in the workplace, um, I made the decision to, to come out to California just because I read so much about the startup life and, you know, just heard from other, other people in the creative field that, you know, that they were just, just getting a lot more work out there. So yeah, I, with no, with really no plan um, <laughs> I had some, I had some friends that were moving out there 
And um, I had fallen in love with California because I'd visited three, three years prior. And once I heard that they were going, they had a truck renting and everything. I was like, oh man, can I, can I like split the deposit on that truck you guys rented? I want to move out there too. And they were like, of course, just come. It was just one of those like weird, magical, you know, 2001 moments. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. But I, I, I like, I look back on that time and I'm, I'm so thankful because I had no plan other than to show up and interview and get a job in a week and it did not go it didn't happen that way but thankfully things worked out <laughs> right right did you end up did you go to school for design or art like i did um i went to uh, that story is actually pretty funny i went to a uh, very small art college um in miami it at the time it was called international fine arts college Um, and it had since after I left, maybe, maybe five or six years after I left, it got acquired by, um, art institutes. So it became art and art Institute of Miami, um, part of that chain of, of art schools here in the States. Um, but yeah, I went there, I went for two years and had every intention on, you know, going back for another two years to get a bachelor's, um, bachelor's degree. But funny thing the on the way home after graduation um i ended up randomly getting a job on on the drive home with a with a friend that happened to also live in the um in the town that i lived in um it was about an hour away from miami it's called west palm beach and you know get in her car pack all my stuff and we're driving and about 20 minutes into the drive she's like oh by the way um I got to stop off at this, at this print shop. I was like, Oh, what's going on there? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interview for a job. My, my friend works there and he's just going to interview me with his manager. So I was just like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll just wait in the car. She's like, no, come in, come into the interview. And I'm just, okay. And I'm just like, um, all right, that's a, that's a bold move, but okay. So I, you know, dorky me, I, you know, just graduated, just, you know, walk into this interview with this girl and I sit down in the back of the room and he's asking her the, the interview questions and I'm just kind of sitting there watching. I wish I had popcorn because it would have been a little bit more entertaining that way. But um, yeah, at one point he asked her this question. He said something to the effect of, um, well, what kind of computers do you work on? And she says, oh, we only use Macs, only Macs all the time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, would you be able to use a PC? And, mm-hmm. and, and like I was hearing the questions, and at that point I wasn't squarely focused on the conversation. I think I just started like drawing or something like that. Right. And I heard that part of the conversation, and I heard it kind of get a little bit lower. And then I just saw her storm out. She walked out of the interview and I just didn't really catch what happened. I was just like, what? And But she was so offended at the PC question? I think so, because she walked out and I now I'm sitting in the room with this guy that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and he's and I'm just sitting there just like, oh, what happened? And he says, um, he says, hey, you went to school with her, right? I was like, yeah, I just uh, just graduated. He's like, uh, you, you know how to use a PC? <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, the, the option button is different from the alt button or something like that. Yeah. Like, cool. Uh, let me see your book. Cause I actually had it with me. Wow. 
And I'm just like, sure. <laughs> and I'm doing this and I'm, I'm just like, but is this okay? Like, I don't know what's going on here. And I, I show my book and she comes back in and she's just like, absolutely not, not, you know, not willing to use a PC. Crazy. Let's go. And she's my ride. So I, I don't <laughs> have to go. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But as I'm leaving the guy that I'm talking to, he gives me his card. He's like, come in next week and let's have more of a conversation. Wow. And I said, okay. And sure enough, that was my, my first job out of college. Like I got hired basically the next time I spoke with the guy. That's, that's a wild story. Was, was she, was she mad at you for that? No, she wasn't. Um, she, I, I told her, I told her everything. I said, mm -hmm. you know, after you left, you know, I ended up talking to Rob was the guy's name. Um, and she was like, oh, yeah, no, they're really cool. And I was just like, so what happened? She's just like, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to use a PC. That's just crazy. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. I mean, if if that's your criteria, I, I, I guess, I guess you hold true to that. But oddly enough, that little, you know, that little print job got me, got me started. And I'm super thankful. I mean, it was a serendipitous moment, but, you know, to, to this day, I mean, it, it got me here. So, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Those early opportunities are so valuable. Actually, I remember they used to tell us to try and get a job at a print shop when, and I uh, was coming out of school. I graduated around 2004. So it was kind of that weird transition from print design to digital. And I was, I was like a staunch print user, but still trying to figure out the web. Right. And I, I, I didn't end up getting any print job work, but uh, any print shop work, but like that experience today, whew, I would, it would help me so much in my, in our page me. <laughs> right. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. And um, so like checking out your work, it's like got so much great typographic elements to it. Would you say that was influenced from that time or is it just, you're just a type nerd in general or something like that? A little, little bit of both. And I mean, like if I, 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 I try not to put labels on things like uh, saying I'm a type nerd would suggest that, you know, I, I could, you know, in my sleep tell you, you know, the, the complete anatomy of any typeface and like, you know, know all of those really often weird terms. I, I'm aware of them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm nerdy enough to know some things, but probably not nerdy enough to know every single thing, but gotcha. I don't know, maybe, maybe you just, maybe just aspire to be that. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but I, I would say, yeah, I would say it was, it was, it was, you know, being just liking type and then also those those early jobs. Um, it's 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 just really funny how th those those experiences can can help shape you know what you do moving forward. Um, and it's also really funny how much you end up learning on the job versus what you learned in school. I mean, at least at least from my experience, I don't know how how schools are nowadays, but um, but yeah, it's like I feel like I got a good sense of the basics on how to like navigate my way through programs but then once I got out into the real world there's there's so much um kind of like fending for yourself when it comes to like finding solutions to things that you weren't taught mm -hmm. um so so um I see like you also 
you have some gallery shows associated with your your type work. Do you consider yourself an artist in that sense? You know, yeah, I, I often joke when when people ask me what I do, I usually say I'm an artist masquerading as a graphic designer or visual <laughs> designer. Um, but art is is the thing that got me into the, you know, the, the graphic design field. Um, I w when I was in high school, um, my senior year, I was trying to figure out like, how do I turn art into a career? Every book that I read about artists that I like ends up in tragedy. They either die early, you know, of some sort of like drug overdose or, or they die completely unknown only to have their work surge in value and in respect when they're not here. I, I just kept reading those types of stories and was yeah. just like, there's got to be a better way because I'm not trying to be a drug addict just to be successful. I don't see how that works. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> so I um, just had my art, my high school art teacher, he was, he was amazing. Um, and he, you know, I was, you know, just kind of like thinking about this hundred percent all day, every day and just happened to show him a sketchbook for some reason. And he said, you know, your work is very graphic and no one had ever said anything other than, oh, wow, Anthony, you're a really good artist or you draw really well. But he specifically said your work is very graphic. And I had no idea what that meant. I had the same thing. No That's, way. My high school art teacher said the same thing to me. No way. And I reacted <laughs> the same way. Like, okay, I don't know what the hell that means. But anyway. <laughs> Maybe we had the same art teacher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he wasn't Mr. Williams, was it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Mr. Stubble. <laughs> just checking, just checking. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was just like, I was like, tell me more. And he's mm -hmm. like, he's like, well, you know, if you look at advertisements or if you look at magazines, like, you know, the, the way how those are laid out or the structure that's there. And I'm just like, oh my God, I had no idea all this time I've been consuming media, had not really thought that there's a behind the scenes there. Like, you know, I, I've looked at thousands of magazines up until that point and just thought that the ads just created themselves basically mm, yeah me too. right exactly <laughs> you like, just I don't know were, right no no you don't like i knew they were ad agencies but i didn't know there were graphic designers like the people putting those things together yeah so that kind of like shot me off in this completely other direction where i just started looking for every and anything involving graphic design and you know, at that time, this is what two. Oh my gosh, this is the '90s. So I'm I'm an old dude, but this is like ninety, ninety three, ninety four. Mm -hmm. um, at that time, um, I don't. David Carson was kind of like a big deal in terms of yes. graphic design, and yep. I was also working at a record store. One of my other favorite things, music, and um, we would get any magazine that didn't get sold for some reason, they had to tear the covers off of it, which made no sense to me, hmm. but, but you could, we, they'd give us free magazines at that point. And I found Raygun through, through that, um, through that job and was always just 
marveling at how insane this magazine looked and someone printed this like I was just like I don't understand how this works like there's billboard magazine but then there's this thing and it looks like it looks like art that I would create only in you know in magazine form and I started reading up about David Carson and then started just like understanding okay okay I think I could see where I could go with this um applied to college and then yeah I I'm actually the, the funny thing about that is while I thought graphic design was started to understand what it was I went to my college to you know get get um uh sign up for it basically and I somehow got steered into going into the fashion department oh. <laughs> because yeah, because I had a ton of illustrations in my um, in my sketchbooks, and the the counselor who was kind of like looking at my work kept kind of flip flopping and being like, "Oh, you'd be really good in the commercial art department." No, wait, you have all of these architectural renderings of, of buildings. Maybe you should go into interior design. And then she's like started seeing all my illustration work. She's like, "No, wait, maybe you should be an illustrator." So she had no idea. And somehow convinced me to do fashion as a as a major, but I only lasted in that for about a week. Um, it didn't it didn't really it didn't really f- suit me. I, I wasn't I, I didn't I was like okay I, I think this will take me in a complete other direction, so I switched and went into commercial design mm. uh, or com- uh, communication arts I, sh- I should say. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then you know just started doing design from there. And I've completely forgotten the question you asked me. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah, we kind of just, it, it was, we just kind of went into the the whole high school origin story and gotcha. you went to school for design and all of that stuff. That's right. Um, yeah. And just looking at your work at, and talking about the, the type side and all of that, like right. what made you fascinated by the uh, text bubble bit in your like more recent pieces. Right, um, so yeah, that, that those pieces had been kind of uh, germinating or gestating. Uh, I forget which, which term makes the most sense. Maybe they both work, I don't know. Um, but they've been kind of showing up for a while. At, at first I, was, I just kind of fell in love with the shape and had been wanting to do something with it. And this maybe started in 2015. I just kind of, I screen printed it first um, and I tried it with words and it, it, it seemed okay, but I had this desire to kind of do something d- dimensional with it. And it took a while for me to, to figure out how to use that shape as a, as a means of communication, oddly enough. Um, and I kind of came up with this idea that, you know, when we send text messages, they kind of just disappear once, once they're sent, they're gone. And I, and I just got fascinated with that idea of having a conversation and having the context of that conversation get completely lost. If you were to go back and try to reread those messages, it, it almost seems nonsensical, uh, nonsensical because there's no, 
there's no like, you know, like maybe you and I will have a, have an exchange of, of texts, you know, for, for a few hours or so. And like, you can see that there's a conversation there, but maybe you and I don't talk for like a week and then we'd pick up and we just start talking about something else. If you read that stream through mm. as one conversation, it like, it almost doesn't really make sense. Right. Yes. Um, and then also there's just like the, the plucking and picking, um, bubbles if you will and like putting two unrelated conversations next to each other and just seeing if something happens when those two things are put together so i started to kind of play with that idea a little bit more as uh, as an opportunity to show that work came up um and was able to to get them made in 3d um with uh just like cutting cutting pieces of, of, of wood with a, with a laser cutter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the most recent ones I did were a combination of wood and uh, vinyl, uh, which actually yielded much better results. But um, yeah, they, they, they were just, they, they started out as just me liking the shape, mm-hmm. but then once I could really figure out what I wanted to convey, with with the bubbles and how i wanted them to be displayed like that's when it really kind of gelled into into the pieces that you see on my on my stream right now on instagram really they're really cool i I like it and the the um the wording is actually very clever as well um question Mm -hmm. ether here nor there is that a nas reference no it's not and I think one other person asked me that and I, I hadn't been aware that like, is it, is it a lyric or is it a a name of one of his songs or something like that? Yeah. So like one of the, Mm -hmm. uh, Jay-Z and Nas had their, their beef back in the day. Ether was like Nas's big comeback to Jay and everyone more or less, not everyone, a lot of people declared Nas the winner after that song dropped. So every time I see that word, Nas is the first person that pops in my head. <laughs> so what, what, what was the story? The story with that. So I was trying to, quite honestly, I was trying to come up with a clever name for the show um, and just a, a clever way to summarize why I was creating those pieces. And I guess the the ether I'm re- I'm referring to is just that space where communications go when it comes to communicating over you know over waves I guess you could say, mm-hmm. um, I, and I'm almost like imagining a text bubble, you know it, you know going from your device once you hit send, you know it's 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 just traveling through these waves and that message just kind of lives forever, just kind of hanging out there in, in the ether, basically. So the, so it was me kind of like reclaiming those messages, like almost like taking them back from the ether and bringing them back down to earth, but in a more permanent sense gotcha. um, and in the physical world. Cool. Cool. I mean, I think you're an artist. Like you're, 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 you're out there. You, you got the, you got the, the story. You got the concept. You, I mean, I feel, I feel you in that, like, that journey. Like we both have that design slash art thing. But the way you articulated that, yeah, 
you you definitely are in that art space, man, for sure. Um, are you familiar with uh, Amos Kennedy, by any chance? Yes, 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 I am. Okay. Yeah, he actually um, he showed work at um, the space that I used to uh, work out of. Uh, it's a place called the Compound in um, in Oakland, California. Um, and he's had a couple shows there, and his work is is I I, I love his work. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite amazing. Yeah, he he visits, or I mean, pre COVID, he would visit here like periodically and and do workshops. And I never, I was every time I was supposed to go, like something kind of came up, but I didn't get to meet him. Uh, like, yeah, your work reminds me of his in a lot of ways, like some of it anyway. And okay. and uh, it's. I gotta say, man, I'm really impressed with your with the stuff you do. I really, really like it a lot. Um, I, I I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. So you we talked before the show, and you mentioned uh, the this. I guess you can call it a conference. Uh, the world where are the black designers? Right. Thing that came up. Right. And um, you know, you also mentioned uh, Maurice Cherry and being familiar with him and. One of the things that Maurice's uh, big mission has been is like highlighting the black designers and the black creatives of all stripes. And I, and like with that, that question of where are they, uh, where are the black designers comes up? It's always like, well, Maurice is like, they've been here all this time. Like, <laughs> how, how do you feel about that? Because I, in the one sense, you know, he's right. Like we are out there, we're everywhere, but then I don't know how it is for you, but for me, I'm always one of the few, if not the only black designer in the room. Oh yeah. Oh God, absolutely. Um, and it's, it, I mean, especially when, when I was in Florida, it was definitely like that. Like, you know, I was the only, you know, black designer in the room, sometimes only black person in, in the entire company. Um, it's gotten slightly better, you know, as a, as I've lived and worked out here in California for the last 20 years. Um, but like, if you, if you're, if you're talking about just black people, just African-Americans, I, I, I don't know if you even want to like zero in that, that closely. Um, yeah, but if, if you're just, if you're just focused on, on that, not you, but just, you know, just anybody mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we, 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 we've definitely been here and, and been here for, for quite some time. I think that, I think what happens just like with anything in, you know, in history in, in terms of like Western civilization, um, you, you get, you get certain, how should I say, templates or, or archetypes of stories that just kind of get retold over and over again. And the more you don't fit into that archetype, the more you become excluded. And, and I don't say excluded like on purpose. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to like make any like grand statements like that, but I think like, you know, when I was, when I was coming up in design and, you know, reading communication arts, yeah, I, I did notice like after a while, I'm just like, man, I've read a lot about white people, white men in this business doing mm -hmm. things. I do not see people like me 
in this business. And it, it's something that has always, was just always kind of running in the back of my mind. And then like, if you, if you, you know, if you even step that aside for a second and just think, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak about my experience. You know, when it comes to, when it comes to doing my work, I just want to do my work, earn my money, take care of my family, you know, whether it's, you know, my immediate family or my mom, my, you know, my sister, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, like my priorities are there versus, okay, I just finished work. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to blog about my process and, you know, gain followers and, you know, get people to read and write about me and talk about me. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to say that, that anything negative against that at all, but Mm -hmm. there's a certain, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a certain luxury in being able to constantly put yourself out there. And then there's also a system that's ready and willing to accept that story and feed that story Mm. because it looks like a story that they read before and was, you know, successful in terms of clicks and in terms of, you know, numbers, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call it. So I think if you put all of those things together, you get why we are not as visible um, from, you know, from, from a sense of like, you know, seeing us in, in widely distributed um, content. And I'm, I'm glad that there are folks like yourself and like Maurice um, and the folks that put on the, um, the Where Are the Black Designers um, um, event a month ago, you know, creating more avenues for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to step, to step back and talk about you and, and even Maurice for a second, what I, what I really appreciate about, appreciate about you guys is that you're, you're taking that stance of not only creating a platform yourselves and being being available to be that avenue where these stories can show up. But I love the fact that you would even take the time to talk to someone like myself who, you know, I've probably written one thing on medium and quite frankly, it was such a ridiculous story. Um, (laughs) It had nothing to do with design. Um, It was just a funny thing that I saw and I wrote about it and I posted it on medium because somebody sent me a link and was just like, Hey, this thing is about to launch you should write something for it. And I had no idea what medium was. So I just, I just threw something up. Um, but for someone who doesn't have like a ton of accolades and has spoken at a ton of different events and, you know, and whatnot, I, I appreciate the fact that you give someone like myself and other people um, like me with, you know, just a chance to just tell their story, period. I learned so much through through the through the people that you've had on your show, people that Maurice has had on his show. Um, there's another there's another podcast that I listen to a lot. Um, hang on, I'm gonna pull it up here because uh, I always forget the gentleman's name. Uh, the crazy ones, uh, Stephen Gates. Oh, um, I haven't heard of that one. I'll check oh, it out. Oh, oh, it's so the the even funnier thing about how I discovered your podcast is that he has a podcast where he did a he let someone else take over the show and that person spoke to Maurice Cherry. So (laughs) it was just it was just one of those just it was like a weird few days where I kept stumbling over 
your content, Maurice's content, and other and other folks. Um, but I, I digress with that. But anyway, my, my whole point is is you know it, it. I learned so much from from hearing other people just just simply talking about their existence and just the the, the little things. Um, if, if that makes sense, like just just the other things that are not like you know. Well, I'm going to talk to you about my my theories on how to create a, a really good design system for your team. Like, yeah. there's a thousand articles like that, man. I, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to hear how you got there. You know, so. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, it's and I when I first started like getting interested in like becoming a content creator. I didn't even know I was ready to be one, I guess, but it was sort of the same thing. I was just consuming a lot of interviews and reading a lot of stuff about all of the design superstars. Most of them didn't look like me. And it was still, I was still having that hard time, even though I would love the stories I was inspired by them and they became my, you know, influences, if you could say that. I still was looking for that, like, where's the normal people? Like where, where are the, um, day to day, day to day designers, the day to day art. And Maurice does a great job of finding those folks. And the other thing too, is like what you realize is the people who are superstars, they all were just regular everyday day to day people. And for whatever reason, a project they did or a few projects they did over years ended up propelling them into something perceived to be bigger than maybe they are and we see them as these superstars but they still are just normal folks too exactly so it's like how do i like to find like both of those i like to just say okay how are you to me success is like if you're able to you know pay your bills doing this thing creative in, in this creative world like that that to me you made it for as I'm concerned. You, and even Yeah, no, you 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 hit you hit the nail on the head. And I agree with with that with that sentiment. Like I you know, going back to that high school version of me trying to figure out how in the hell I was gonna, you know, live in this world doing this thing that I really love, like the minute I got that print job, like to me, that I felt like I made it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that's not to say, you know, I was driving a Bentley. <laughs> like you, no, but definitely, you definitely don't make that kind of money yeah. <laughs> in a print shop. But, you know, but I was, I was super happy that I had this, this avenue to like, to learn this thing that I'm really enjoying and like access to machines that I could use for my own stuff on the side. Like to me, that was like heaven. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure um and yeah like it's it's sad but anyway on the one hand i'm i'm glad that at least from you know a lot of the the black lives matter protests recently it seems at least now people are a little more interested in hearing Mm -hmm. stories like ours absolutely um so actually did you get like sort of a bump in attention around that time and when things were at their peak? You know, in, in the sense that I had, I had coworkers, former coworkers reach out to me mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you know, how are you doing? 
and I know that that has, you know, maybe rubbed some people the wrong way. Cause there's one way you could look at it where it's like, you know, I, you know, I might be black, but I'm not your, you know, I, I can't educate you or, mm. you know, not my job to educate you. And I, and I do appreciate and understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't always take that stance. Um, and especially with the people that reached out to me, th- these are people that I really enjoyed working with when we did work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of them were Canadian, of course. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, and I was, I was one, like just happy to hear from them period. Cause you know, it'd been a few years um, since we, we had last uh, spoken, but I, I loved the fact that people reached out to me, to me, it really says that this message has finally been driven home, that this is a fact. This is a thing that is happening to a group of people that don't look like me. And my life, you know, was shaped in a completely different way because I don't look like these people. That's a, it's a really hard thing to convey. It's a really hard thing to accept. It's a really hard thing to accept and also not try to be defensive about it and be like, well, but, but I'm not a racist. I don't do racist things. It's like, no, that's not the point. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, it's not about you per se. It's about, it's about a, you know, a system that, has been just constructed around us that we all that we've all been feeding into and we're just now realizing the repercussions of that system and and how it is you know built around us and what we can do to dismantle it so i i see it as a huge plus um and that is how i've been you know maybe maybe um been more I don't know. I, I forget how how you worded it in in the question, but you know that's how I've gotten a little bit more of a profile, not from mm. my work, but just you know for people who I have worked with. Um, yeah. You know they reached out, so yeah. Yeah, I, I the way I worded it was more like attention, but that that kind of sums it up. Um, and I've I'm sort of the same way. I'm not as I live in a in a city that is majority white by mm-hmm. far, right? And you can't, and you're not always going to guess right, or you're not going to, you know, do the right thing in every instance. But I really tried to assess when people come to me mm-hmm. if when they're asking, are they asking um, out of genuine interest, of right. doing better? And to me, if they're, you can't expect people to know what they don't know. Like we take it for granted because we grew up grew up in this skin and I grew up in a mostly black country Mm -hmm. and so I know what it's like to be the majority and be ignorant to the minority and what whatever concerns that they might have and interests they might have whatever so so when a white person is genuinely asking me look Dwayne I don't know what to do in this situation like what do you think Uh, I don't have a problem as long as my mental health is is good and you know Mm -hmm. straight I don't have a problem with without a conversation with people. Exactly. Uh, so, I agree. Yeah, we're all at different places. So right. So uh get back to your work. Um yeah. do you do you ever sell any of these pieces? I'm just curious how they even work 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. Um, so I, I had another show last year in, I think it was October, November, um, at, a, at a gallery called uh, NIAD, N-I-A-D, um, out here in uh, Richmond, California, which is just near, you know, a couple miles from where I am right now. Um, and, and that show was amazing. So they, um, they have a program where they empower artists with, uh, with disabilities to, to create. So they get to go there and just, just create artwork all day. And what the program does is they invite um, artists from the community to come in and curate a show. Um, and I guess the one of the one of the directors of the program had been following me on Instagram. I had actually been following him, um, and I had no idea that he had a connection with with this organization. Um, but one day they reached out, and because you know they've been seeing my work on Instagram, and they asked me to come and come and curate a show. And I was I was you know through the roof about that. I, I thought that was amazing. And the one thing I wanted to to do. Um, after observing how other artists have been um, curating their shows is the way how they would do it is they'd have like this large space where I'd say about 80% of the space would be dedicated to the artist. And then like in the back, you'd have, you know, the art that the artist that curated the show would show their work also. And I was just kind of noticing this, you know, people would pass through. They'd, they would look, they'd stop and look at the main show and they'd just go right to the back to kind of like, you know, shake hands with the, with the artist that, you know, curated the show, look at that person's work and kind of hang out in the back. Mm. And I was just like, Hmm, I don't know. I don't know about this. So I pitched it to them to basically have my work shown amongst the other artists as just one show, mm-hmm. not shows. Um, and I don't think they've had that. I don't think anyone had pitched it to them like that before, but um, it was, it was, really successful and I think as a result of that I I actually ended up selling a lot of those pieces which I did not expect mm-hmm. um so so yeah I do sell them um, I don't have them up on a store yet I should probably you know get myself into gear and do that um because I just got a bunch of uh, pieces back from another show that unfortunately got canceled due to COVID mm-hmm. um but yeah I think I think I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do that next um, so yeah, as soon as we hang up from this call, I'll probably, <laughs> yeah, get on probably, it. Yeah, I'll probably get on it. <laughs> I mean, they're very Instagrammable. Like someone put them up in their house and take a pic, like posting that stuff online. It's they, I could see them being stunning in a, in a really modern design home. For sure. Like, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, well, you, you can, you, your, your listeners will be able to get them after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So um, I'll ask you another question. So what, what are there any sort of challenges that you would say you, you face? Like, I know you, you're doing the same thing as me. You've got the day job and you've got the, the passion project. Um, do you consider any there being challenges with following the, the creative stuff or because it's like not your main gig, is it more just there's no stress associated with it? No, there's, there's definitely, there's definitely challenges just due to, just due to life. I mean, you know, I'm no longer that, you know, 20, 30 something single guy that can, 
you know, work on design projects, you know, 24 hours a day and then get no sleep and then get struck by inspiration and, you know, do a painting or a screen printing or whatever. Mm. Um, I don't have that kind of time anymore. So I tend to let the ideas just kind of run in, in the background, basically in my mind as I'm working day to day. Um, and it forces me to think a little bit more strategically on, on the pieces that I create. So the funny thing about the bubbles is that, um, you know, before I was doing those, I was kind of getting into letterpress or yeah, letterpressing. Um, and then, and also collage is like also one of my favorite things to do too, but the ramp up to, to creating those pieces takes a while. Like you need a lot of time to be able to think them through and do different, um, you know, different versions, different treatments of the same thing and kind of see what works and what doesn't. And not having that kind of time just kind of forces you to really shrink everything and, you know, be, be a little bit more efficient, I guess. So I think the other part to what I was trying to think about with these current bubble pieces was how can they be produced in a, in a manner that, you know, I can go in and like within a matter of three hours have like 12 pieces just knocked out mm. as opposed to, do I have three months to knock out 12 pieces? Right. Um, which I wish I had, but I don't. So, so yeah. So, so yeah, that's the, that for me is the challenge. Just the, the time. <laughs> yeah. You and me both. <laughs> that like, side, that side said so much. <laughs> you know, like, well, sometimes I try to convince myself, like, you don't need to be stressed about this. You're doing, you're choosing to do this. And right. But then it's like, no, but the time, like there's so little time and you just, you just want to do a good job and, 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 but then you don't want to let your family down either. So it's like, oh my gosh. Every time I see a call for artists for like a, a residency program somewhere. Yeah. I'm just like, oh man, that would be nice. But then I think about, you know, my wife just having to, to be here and, you know, take care of our daughter and not that she couldn't or wouldn't want to do it, mm -hmm. but like, you know, that, that's an added stress on, on the other person. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you, 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 you get in where you fit in and, and you find the opportunities that work the best for, you know, your current situation, I guess. Yeah, I know. I, I gotta say it keeps you, <laughs> it keeps you, um, it did make me more efficient. I'd say it made me better at, at, um, picking and choosing and figuring out what to work on, what not to. I just wish sometimes I would get to the, other things like you said with that artist website and all that i i'm trying to do one myself and i keep saying today's the day <laughs> oh man well, i tell you what we'll, we'll hold each other accountable i'll check in with you next month and be like all right is it that <laughs> yeah man yeah yeah so anyway look what's uh what's one piece of advice you would give any aspiring artist or designer or creative in general um stay the course mm. stay the course it's it's a it's a it's a bumpy ride it's a lonely ride sometimes sometimes it really sucks but it can also be extremely gratifying um when you when you just just stay with it stay consistent 
um, and keep keep asking yourself the questions that will make you better. You know, try your absolute best not to just go by the opinions of others. Like, you know, other people might think your work is great, and that's amazing when that happens. But you always gotta, you know, ask yourself: does Does this still relate to me? Does this still Does this still ring authentic to me? Mm. Um, and and always, always ask that question every single day um, as you as you stay the course. Ah, love that. You know, and when you the more you post things on, like, just the Instagram is dangerous for that because oh man, people will be like, "You should do this," and then right. you're like, uh, or they love something and you do more of it because people love it. And then it just right. doesn't connect. It's just, yeah, stay the course. It's a, it's a slippery slope, man. Slippery slope. <laughs> slippery slope. Yeah. So uh, how do people find your work online? And actually, do you have anything like any shows coming out up or anything like that? I, unfortunately, no shows. Um, but I would I would direct folks to uh, to Instagram. Just look me up, Anthony on Instagram. Okay. Um, I also have my website, argstudios.com. That's typically where I keep my like professional work, my design work. Um, and I, I'm actually I'm actually helping to organize an event um, called Black Designers Ignite. Um, mm. And if you're unfamiliar with the Ignite um, presentation format, it's basically a, it's a five minute talk where your slides automatically transition every 20 seconds. So it's kind of meant to be fun um, and, but also kind of keep it moving as you have a lot of other, um, a, lo a lot of other presenters. Right. Um, and, um, you know, folks like yourself, um, or any of your listeners um, can go on to blackignite.com and either get a ticket or apply to be one of the presenters. Um, it should be a really fun night. Um, I'm not sure when this show will be um, uh, posted, but it'll it'll be happening in uh, August 27th. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, next month. All right. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll look at, I'll, get, I'll see if I can put it up before then so we can yeah, uh, yeah. get some no, promo. No, no. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I appreciate it, but, you know, I, I, I understand you got life too, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, Anthony, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, doing the RPSME podcast. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dwayne. Um, it, was a, it was a pleasure uh, speaking with you, and, um, and I'm honored that I, was even, that I even had a chance. All right, cool. Thank you so much for listening to the RPSME podcast. Thank you to Lange Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.